Over the past year, I've been on a healing adventure. I've spent the past 12 months recovering from brain fog, pain, and chronic fatigue. Like any good adventure story, there have been highs and lows, losses and gains, and an incredible amount of personal growth and lessons learned. This journey has made me a better health practitioner and a more empathetic coach. To add more meaning to my experience, I wanted to create something that would help others to increase their energy, clear their mind, and restore their health. I created the Brain Fog Bible. The Brain Fog Bible is a 47-page guide that covers what I call the low-hanging fruit. It explores the most important areas to be assessed and addressed if you want more from life, but your brain and your body are holding you back. You can grab a copy at brainfogbible.com forward slash download. That's brainfogbible.com forward slash download. I believe one of the most important things that we can do is give ourselves the gift of truly nourishing the soul through time spent in self-inquiry, moments that still the mind and practices that light us up and allow us to reconnect to the child within. Move, Breathe, Create is a platform that celebrates soul nourishment. Move your body to get out of your head. Breathe to give yourself mental clarity and calm. Create without expectation to fuel your inspiration and delight your senses. Come and join us over at movebreathecreate.com and use the code kombucha for your first month free. I'm looking forward to seeing you inside the community. From a young age, I was passionate about nutrition and helping people with their health. When I started practicing in the field, I realized that physiology and psychology are intimately intertwined. Some of my clients just needed to know what to do to feel better. And many of my clients knew what they should be doing, they just weren't doing it. Underneath it all, unconscious conditioning was getting in the way of their success. This drove me to uplevel my skill set and coach my clients to remove some of their mental roadblocks and reconnect with the wisdom of the body. I learned about the importance of embodiment and harnessing the power of emotions to get more of what you want from life. I started offering intensive one-to-one coaching packages and I launched my Grounded Goddess group program. I also wanted to create a free offering to help women understand the power of the mind, body, and emotions. I created the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. The Grounded Goddess Blueprint is a 43-page guide that will help you reconnect with what you want from life and teach you how to build your roadmap to create it. It will help you understand why you often find yourself going round in circles and engaging with self-sabotage. If you feel stuck, overwhelmed, or frustrated with lack of results, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. If you want clarity, understanding, and more success, you want the Grounded Goddess Blueprint. Just go over to groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint and grab your copy. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash blueprint. Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I am flying solo today without Shay, but I am not alone because I have Kim Rain with me, and she is going to talk to us today about life force living, how to stay positive in challenging times, which considering we're recording this now in lockdown is a very appropriate topic. Kim is a life coach, a health mentor, and she is fanatical about helping women free themselves from the BS that holds them back so they can sort their crap out once and for all. 
So Kim, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. How are you doing? It's really good to be here. I'm doing great, thank you. Yes, not bad. It's like you in in quarantine. So um, yeah, quarantine. So far, quarantine life is a simple life. So (laughs) I'm I'm actually personally quite enjoying it. I know it's not everyone's experience right now, and I always feel like I need to be sensitive to that. But so far, I am actually quite enjoying the simplicity of life. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm enjoying it as well. And, you know, I work from home anyway, so life hasn't changed for me dramatically in sort of the day to day, but it is that just life's just dropped down a few levels for me and there's not this need to be rushing and here and there and everywhere. So for me at the moment, it's quite an enjoyable experience, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Yeah, I think. I think if anything, this experience has taught us that actually life is always uncertain. And even if we think that we know what's coming next, we don't always. But one of the things we were talking about before we pressed record was um, how we explain to people what we do. I think you and I were both saying, oh, it's actually really hard to kind of say, oh, I'm a life coach, I'm a health coach or whatever is going on. Because I feel like whatever you say, these words don't actually fully encompass the essence of your magic. So do you want to start off by maybe just telling us a little bit about what you really do? (laughs) Do you know what? If I'm honest, what I really do is I just hold some space for, for people to discover who they are and to get to know and like who they really are. You know, not who they think they should be, not who their mum wants them to be or their partner wants them to be. Or their so I think in the essence, that's that's what I do. And that can be, you know, people could come along for all sorts of, of reasons. Ultimately, I would say if, if I looked at what I do, uh, uh, the beta, it's helping women with anxiety. It's genuine, generally women, not always women, um, but, you know, in my group programs, it's women. So it's looking at helping them manage their anxiety and understand their anxiety and, and, and face and sit with their anxiety quite often, helping them sleep better, helping them manage their weight, helping them just live a better connected life with who they truly are. I just love coaching because it is like there's twists and turns and it's a journey. So it's quite, that's, that's a bit airy fairy that all sounds, doesn't it? But ultimately I think when they come out of it, you know, I spoke to a client recently and she was like, I would be where I was this time last year in this situation. I would be in a very different place had I not been through just the discovery that you go through to, to find out who you are in it. When you can be yourself and be happy with who you are and confident in who you are, I think it makes it a lot easier to take on the day-to-day challenges that are always going to come. You know, these challenges are never going to stop. And at the moment, we're all in this together. Mm. You, know, you know, there's support and community around that. But actually, you know, I'm 46 and you don't get to 46 without going through your own challenges where you're not in it with anybody else. You're in it on your own and they're what make you stronger. They're what make you better. And so it's just helping people sort of pick through that. But I think collectively at the moment, we're all going through this together. Yeah. Quite nice. And one of the things I shared recently on social media is like, even though we're going through this together, we're all having our own unique experience of it because many of us are in different positions for different reasons. But I know that you don't usually get to, as you said, 46 years old, being someone who is now holding the space for other people to take the journeys that they need to take without having some personal experience in challenges yourself. (laughs) And whenever I listen to podcasts, my favorite thing is really just to hear the stories that the people have to share. I know you are going to dive into this life force living and you're going Mm -hmm. to give us some practical tools about how to stay positive in challenging times, whether that's coronavirus or something else. But shall we just kick off by you telling us a little bit more about how you got here today? Because I think you've got a lot to share. Yeah, I mean, I now I'm here, sitting here now. I love, absolutely love how I got here today and I would not change a minute of it. In the times that you go through those challenges, you just can't wait for them to be over. (laughs) Just like so frustrating. So I think, you know, I kind of, I've, I've got kind of two parts to my story. I think that for me, where I'm at now and the reason that I do the work that I do now, you know, I've been in the health and well-being arena for a long, long, long time. <laughs> but actually now 
where I'm at now is because of, you know, basically for me, it was like about five and a half years ago that it really got to the point where my body just, I burnt out, you know, I, I call it an energy crisis really. And looking back on that now, that was a long time coming, you know, and the funny thing is, being in the job that I was in, I'd be saying to people, are you looking after yourself? Are you, did it? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And the good side of that was that when those, when the um, symptoms started to appear, I was aware of it, but sometimes we think that we're super women and we think we're invincible. So for me, my, you know, my mid thirties was really spent building my business and looking after my two young children, you know, who are grown up now. And I wanted to be everything, you know, I wanted to be, a fantastic mum. I wanted to be a successful businesswoman. I wanted to be the world's best. I was personal training at the time. I wanted to be the world's best personal trainer. You know, I wanted to have the perfect body. I wanted to be fit and I wanted to do all of these things. And so in order to do that, what that would mean a lot of the time was that I would be the first one up in the morning. I'd be the last person to bed. You know, when you're juggling and I speak to a lot of um, mums now who are in this situation, I just think, I remember that frustration of wanting to move on, wanting to to be, you know, there's a, say, there's a saying that I love. It's that you never want to be the cleverest person in the room. And, and I went through a stage where I felt really the dumbest person in the room for so long. And it gave me this feeling of I've got to get on, I've got to get better, I've got to be more. And so I lived like that for a long time. And it got to a point that eventually, and then, and then I had a year that was a really good year. I mean, this was, this was not awful, catastrophic stress that I went through. You know, I, I went on a, a really great holiday without my children, <laughs> just my husband and I with some friends, but it was a wild holiday. I got married, we moved house, you know, it was a lot in a year, all the time trying to run my business, trying to be this perfect mother, to be seen to be everything. And I started to realize that my sleep, I think that my sleep was the first thing to go. And I would wake up in the middle of the night. And for me, it got worse and worse. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would literally wake up and I'd be like, <gasps> And I'd feel like I was running a marathon. My heart would be racing and, and it would only be 20, 30 minutes after I've been to sleep. And this gradually got worse and worse to the point where my husband's like, something's not wrong. Because I would wake up and I would think to myself, I've got it, I've got it. And I'd and say to my husband, I've got it, I've got it. And he would be going, this is in the middle of the night. What is it? What is it? And I'd be like, I don't know. I can't remember. And I, in my head, it got to the point where I would get out and I'd check under the bed because I'd think that the answer to everything was under the bed. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty bonkers. If only. If yeah. only. <laughs> this was reoccurring for um, a long time and I would get up and it went in, the, in the worst possible time I did it, I ran into my son's room and I looked under his bed. And my husband, you can imagine, it's the middle of the night, thinking my wife is losing. And, and it went on and on. And then gradually my sleep got more disrupted. I started to gain weight. I started to, um, despite eating healthily, you know, following my own principles, um, I wasn't perfect. I don't agree in anybody having to be perfect, but just generally kind of falling apart. And then I remember it was my sister-in-law that said to me, oh, what's wrong? You, you seem funny. I said, I don't know. I just feel a bit anxious. And she said, you said that to me the other day. And I said, did I? And this new feeling, this new mild panic just started to come to me. And I, I can remember thinking, I need to go and get lost. I need to get the dog and I would go and get lost. And, and this went on for a while until one day, my husband came home from work one day and he said, what are you doing? And I had my head underneath the kitchen cupboard and I was cleaning out the kitchen cupboard. Now for him, that was an immediate red flag because I'm not a domestic goddess and why was I doing, but I'd just, and he was like, what are you doing? I said, I need to clean it. I need to get it. It's dirty under here. And and we've got, you know, we're going on holiday. And he was like, you need to stop. And I was like, don't make me stop. I said, please don't make me stop. And he was like, you need to stop. And he got hold of me and he took me up to upstairs. He said, you need to lie down, lie down. And I remember bursting into tears because I was like, don't leave me. Don't make me stop. And out came this outpouring of, I don't know, emotion, just emotion. And I cried and I cried and I cried and I cried. And I didn't then move again for the rest of that weekend. I physically could not move. Wow. 
And um, just as you're saying all of this, because I'm like listening to the story, like I would listen to a client telling me a story and then just hearing so much of what we see with all our clients, right? Is this using busyness as a mask to create certainty because we're afraid to feel what we actually need to feel. And then we just hold it in the body and, and it just wreaks havoc with your nervous system. So continue. Yeah. So so that actually was, and my business was very important to me. And we were talking before this about, um, you know, our businesses and you get on this, you get this excitement and, and I loved, I was not unhappy. I loved my life. My stress was actually all positive stress in inverted commas. I remember my husband saying that to me and actually I then found it very difficult to go back to anything. I, I was just, so I spent about a month, I hardly barely opened my laptop. I was working with somebody at the time. I had a, a, a business partner on a, a project that we were collaborating on. And I was like, I need some time out. So did that. And I got myself back to this kind of even kill. But I certainly hadn't done, you know, I was still making myself run. I was still doing my strength training. I was still up until, you know, I'd get this, which obviously we now know, I now know is my waves of cortisol. But, you know, suddenly I put the kids to bed. I'd sit down at night and suddenly I'd be like, oh yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'd be on my computer till two in the morning. So although I I thought I'd dodged the bullet, basically, and I describe it that I was treading water and I was doing okay, but I was just having my head back. And then came some seriously big waves and I just couldn't cope. My mum got a second diagnosis of breast cancer. She's still with us, rocking and rolling five, nearly six years later. And one of my best friends died suddenly, you know, literally sudden cardiac arrest. And I started to drown and I just could not, I just couldn't hold it together anymore. But in my, during this time, I remember thinking, I've got, what's wrong with me? I've got to, I've got to get back. I've got to get back. All I wanted to was to get back to the old me. And in order to get back to the old me, I carried on doing the things that I'd always done only harder. Mm. You know, I thought, right, I need to run a bit longer. I need to go to the gym a bit more. And, and I, at the time I was running a series of, of boot camps for my business in Surrey and I was looking around at my clients who were absolutely smashing it. And I was thinking, I want to be like you. What's your secret? And so this time I had to listen. And one day I remember walking up the stairs to go to my gym and I felt like I was climbing Everest. I just, I just thought, I was so exhausted. I so didn't want to go in there, but I was so panicky that I was losing who I was and gaining weight and did it. And um, I went in the gym and I started warming up and I think I did three press-ups and on the, I could barely do it. And I just said to myself, what would you say to one of your clients? And I thought, this is ridiculous. You have to stop. And that was the beginning of the new beginning for me. And, you know, I did it. I, I got out of the gym. I spent the next sort of eight weeks walking, mostly walking, really, thinking, I later in the year got into meditation, which I would always claim is my absolute saviour, you know, for, I've been doing that four and a half years now and, and it gets me through so much. But I had to come to terms with the fact that the recovery was going to be slow, <laughs> really slow and frustrating. And to, I had to let go. I had to let go of everything that I had done before. I mean, I wasn't a big drinker. I wasn't a big drinker at all, but I wasn't, a, you know, I like to drink at the weekends, but I decided, you know, I realized that grieving as well through it for my friend and for everything, I just thought, you know, I can't get through this as that person. I need to, to change. And gradually, bit by bit, I did. And I'm so glad now that I went through all of that because now I really know that when I see it in my clients and I see it, a lot I do see a lot and for some of my clients you know this scenario we're in at the moment this time is I think of myself under that cupboard cleaning out the cupboard and my husband going to me you need to stop and I was like don't make me stop don't make me stop because I knew if I did and a lot of my clients have been taken from this commuting every day up to London going 90 miles an hour you know, then coming home trying to be the perfect parent, dealing with all the layers of guilt that they have from that, that they, you know, when they're not at work, they feel bad there. And then when they're not at the kids, they go, all of a sudden someone's gone, stop. 
And I think what I've seen is some discomfort, first of all, because they're still doing that running, running, running. And now I'm hoping that they're coming around more to actually what mattered for four or five weeks ago just doesn't matter now so much. So yeah, for me, it was about letting go of my expectations of myself and again, coming round to who I really was and what I really wanted and what I really needed. And it was just a really healing time, but in order to, I had to really lean into the whole experience of it. Whereas before I think I've been running from it Mm -hmm. and, you know, now I know that those feelings of anxiety rather than what I was doing, which was like, you know, I remember, like I say, my sister-in-law pointed out to me, I hadn't even realised, like, oh, have I? Because I would push it aside, push it aside, push it down. I, I, it wasn't convenient. I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to acknowledge feeling that way. I wouldn't say I necessarily felt of it as a weakness, but I knew that it was, to me, it felt like I was, I can remember I kept thinking to myself, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I walk around thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I, yeah. And then I remember also one day thinking, you need to stop going around going, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Yeah, I resonate so much with your story because it's not too dissimilar from my own. And I think that one of the biggest things is that letting go of who you believe that you are. And that has been the biggest thing for me. I realized I had so many attachments. I was so attached to certain things about especially exercise. And because I'd always just trained really hard, worked out really hard, really pushed myself, always been really strong and letting go of that was probably one of the hardest things. And it's very interesting. It's also one of the things that helped me feel better the most quickly. Yeah, I think as well for, for particularly in our in you know if you're in the fitness industry or the wellness industry and you know clearly for us it's one of our something we value and to have that taken away and when you you know for me I felt I was so wrapped up in that identity you know as a fitness professional and someone that would stand up in front of people and go oh look at me I was really really yeah engrossed in that in that identity and actually letting go of it has been the most fantastic thing what what I did what I will say is that now um and we are I think coming up to five and a half years recovering from that was it it was a good year before I I could even really really think about doing any heavy exercise and now five years later, I go, well, before this situation, I would go to CrossFit four times a week now. That was something I could have only dreamed of. And I, I, I grieved for it because I thought I was never going to get it back. But now I do do that, but I value so much all of the things and some of the stuff that I'll share with you in terms of actual strategies that I use, that I know that if I don't get to bed on time, if I don't, tune into myself you know regularly if I don't eat what I call life force foods you know then I have to earn the right to be able to train like that Mm. I have to earn the right to be able to do that you know when when I was bad and I can remember when I was recovering you know I mean I I had to give up I used to teach spin um just because I loved I loved teaching spinning and I, I had to give up because I can remember teaching it and coming home and well not being able to move for for 24 hours and crying because I just felt so desperate to be everything that I couldn't possibly that I wasn't able to be. I I resonate with that so much. I've been there myself. (laughs) Um, So let's get into this life force living because I loved what you said right now about having to earn the right to do those things because Mm. we have to prioritize a certain amount of self-care first so that our bodies can then keep up with what we want to do in life, whatever it may be. I mean, for us, I think we we definitely had this attachment to exercise. So that was always the thing we we want to be able to do. But for other people, it will be other things. So what is life force living? So for me, I think that, Life force living is ultimately about showing up, stepping up and valuing yourself enough to think, right, okay, and understanding the components of, for some people, you know, for me, it's exercise, for you, it's exercise. For some people, it's work, you know, careers, um, particularly 
with myself and working with women, you know, for, for them, they're finding the pressure on them is so great. So great because it may well be that we've got things are moving on and we've got such amazing um, opportunities. But biology hasn't caught up with that. <laughs> you know, unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately come on <laughs> come on but you know so we still are in this place where we can we can be torn from one thing so life force living is really about accepting who you are accepting where you are and looking at the components that can give you this this ability to show up and be your true self and all of that sounds kind of a bit woo the things that make the difference to that is the hard stuff it is the you know, the choosing the right foods. You know, I say to my guys, like, when you eat, I want you to think, is this going to heal me or is this going to harm me? Am I nourishing my body? And I think for me, again, that was part of the learning was that I went from my way of looking after my body was to, to manage my weight. If I'm completely honest, it was all about weight management, you know, and actually I was like, no, I need to heal my body. I need to, and now it's healed and I feel that it is healed. I'm still very aware that I can get pulled back into those places. Um, but now it is healed. Now I need to nourish it and now I need to keep it healed. So, And so just for the listeners who might not know how to tell the difference, when you're looking at foods and you're making decisions about, is this going to heal me? Is this going to harm me? What, what, is, what do you use or what guides those decisions? super simple really is has it lived has it got a life force to to it has it got vitamins minerals antioxidants antioxidants enzymes or is it something that is a bit dead and beige you know so and it's not life force living isn't about not having the i mean not the dead beige stuff but you know it's not have it's not about not having treats it's not about not going sometimes and picking the greatest biggest slice of pizza you can get your hands on but it's just that you know 80 to 90 percent of the time you are choosing foods that have energy to them that are going to give you something so it's vegetables it's fruits it's nuts and seeds and it's well reared and looked after meat and fish and making those choices and 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 you know it can be challenging to make these choices right now but it's a process and it's a journey, just like the journey that I went on, you know. And so it's not about getting it right all the time, but it's about giving yourself the opportunity to, okay, I can have for lunch, let's think for lunch, you know, I could make myself a salad with some eggs and chicken and fish and feta cheese or something like that, something nice and live avocados, all the stuff that, you know, or I could have a sandwich. What's going to give me a better outcome for, for every cell in my body? And I think most people will know that the salad is is where your life force is. You know, that's where the energy is. And like, does that help explain it? Yeah, that's that's super super clear. So, what are the other components which um, make up life force? So, yeah, life force foods absolutely key. You know, at every opportunity you can don't beat yourself up when you can't. Just get yourself back on it and make that right choices again. The other part of it is it is exercise. I, you know, it is, but I would say movement and very much about meeting your body where it's at. And that means where it's at this year, where it's at this week, where it's at today, where it's at this minute. Because, you know, if I look back for a year, I had to meet my body where it was at. And that was walking, yoga. I went, you know, where I do fitness weekends I went to yoga retreats I met my body where it was at and it was uncomfortable for me to do (laughs) nowadays it's very much you know if you are I talk to my clients about being in a rest and repair state or a build and burn state and knowing the kind of difference between the two and ideally you want to be somewhere in the middle you want to be a mixture where you are pushing your body sometimes to the max but again it's it's have you got the right to do that at the moment? Have you earned the right to do that? Have you, have you done all the other stuff we're talking about? So meeting your body where it's that's really important and being between the two. So, so if you are in a rest and repair phase, you know, you might be struggling and suffering some of the symptoms that I was talking about, anxiety, low mood, digestive issues, sleep problems, you know, really not feeling. And 
And it's just being able to tune into your body and think, right, what does my body actually really need right now? I might feel pressured into going for a run or a spin class or something that's really quite exhausting for the en- for your own energy. But actually what my body's saying is, can we just go for a walk? Or even, can we just go for a walk and chat to a friend? You know, I say some days, yeah, your body does need a, a good high-intensity workout and a salad. And other days it needs a glass of wine and a chat with a friend. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's that balance. When I did my yin yoga teacher training, uh, my teacher Annie talked about the lazy panda and the dark night. And so I think there are these like two types of personalities where you have the lazy panda who's almost too often in that like rest and restoration phase that they're never actually getting any stress stimulus to help them um, grow and adapt and build strength and and get better. And then you have the dark night, which I think is me and you, where, (laughs) you know, we just want to go in and slay and, you know, every workout would be just like so hard and there's discipline and you're pushing yourself and, the biggest lesson for me has been this balance that you've just talked about, about being able to intuit what does my body really need? Because we create all these rules about how many times we need to work out and how hard, whereas it's yeah, being able to say, you know what, let's go for a beach walk and a chat or, you know, today's the day when I can go a bit harder. So I love that. I think it's so important. And I think you've just touched on something else that is very much to do with life force living is, is it about this being able to tune into your body And I think that when life is 100 miles an hour for you, for whatever reason, or you're under stress or you're you're struggling, it's very difficult to to tune in. It's like you're trying to tune into a radio station and there's just crackle and noise coming from all over the show. And it's like, well, actually, how do I stop and, and, and think about what I want? Which is, so my other part of Life Force Living is the tuning in. It's tuning in to you and to where you're at right now and the strategies that I've used. And I think that these are so important, particularly right now when we are being challenged. And in these times, and and like I say, we are being collectively challenged now, but individually we've all been challenged at times. And so this idea that everything passes and, you know, I always think back to my challenges and I say to you know, I've watched my daughter go through an extremely challenge, challenging eight weeks. And as a parent, it's very difficult to do that because my daughter's just had a baby and on the 20th of Feb. So, you know, 20, 20th of Feb, have a baby. Then you go into lockdown and do the, you can imagine it's, yeah. As there's part of me that just wants to go, oh, this is terrible. I'll take it away from her. But what I realise now actually is I'm watching her grow through this challenge. And you know, I'm seeing an amazing mother come out, a strong, a strong, and she's becoming, but you have to be able to sit with that discomfort of, of going through, through it to get to the other side. So the things that I really allow, allow and do myself to keep myself tuned in is to understand that the challenges will pass. That's the first thing is that, you know, and, and that, that what can I get out of this? Where's the opportunity for this? And what enables me to do that is the big thing for me is meditation. Meditation has changed my life in a way that I, oh, you know, they say no regrets. My biggest regret is I didn't learn to meditate when I was a kid, basically, because I think my life would be, would it be, I don't know if I'd be in a different place, but I think I would have enjoyed the journey of it. <laughs> You know, I just wouldn't have taken life so seriously. And so for me, what I say to, um, with my clients, I talk about bookending your days. So you start your day with tuning into you with some intention and you finish your day with a bit of a, well done. You know, we did that. That was, this was a good day or, you know what, I learned this today. And so, so my mornings would look really that, um, and if, if, um meditation is something that's new to people it can be quite difficult to sit especially if you're in that go 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 so I just say to guys just start with two or three minutes you know you don't have to be sat somewhere where you know just start with two or three minutes get yourself an app um, and use that or just set a three minute timer on your phone and for my guys I start them off with a bit of a mantra if it's anxiety one of the things is um, I am safe. Everything is as it should be. 
And I was just like, I'm safe. Everything is as it should be. Because if you believe that everything is as it should be, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it just is, it gives you the ability to let go a little bit. And and it kind of takes it out of your hands, you mm. know? Well, everything's as it should be, so there's not much I can do about it. So, so that would be one thing is the meditation, however you find to come to it. We're naturally biased to be negative, and at a time like this, we need something that can help us slow our brains down a little bit. So uh, the amygdala, the, the fear centre of the brain, if you like, isn't pinging off with, the, oh, my God, oh, my God. Da, da. So, so that's the, one of the things. And the other thing I think that's really important for a time like this is gratitude, is keeping that positive, looking at all the things that we have got to be grateful for, whatever your challenge is. And, again, it's this raising our positive bias, you know, making us – because naturally we do look for the negative. We do look for what could go wrong. And I think that that's important as well. So we can yeah. prepare for the worst case scenario, yeah. but we do need that, that balance, as you say, to just yeah. swing it back to yeah. what, what could go right. And I think as well, like you say, the worst case scenario is often we can deal with it. And when we look at the worst case scenario, what's the worst that could happen? Well, you know, this, that, and what will you do if that happens? And quite often clients will come back and they've got the answer. And once they know they've got the answer, oh, okay, that's what I'll do. It's not going to be. And then, so it's great to be aware of it, but to, to help you just stay more positive. So it's like every, every morning when you wake up, three things that I'm grateful for today. Super, super simple. It doesn't have to be difficult. And you can write them down. You can journal them. There's apps that you can do. And make them as, as not insignificant, but as small as possible, you know, because once you get into it, and what will happen is naturally your positive bias will rise. And you'll find yourself walking through the day thinking, what a lovely flower. What, how nice that person said. You will just find yourself pointing little things out. Um, and I've worked with clients that have found this very difficult to do. They're like, well, what do you do if you're not grateful for, you know? And it's like, okay. And so you have to, and actually those are the clients that are the best because they find it very difficult to think of their three things. So actually what they do is throughout the day, they find themselves making a list of the things they can put on their three things. Yeah. And for raising that vibe. And I always think, oh, this is what I say to my clients is when you find it hard it's just because you haven't created those neural networks in the brain. So yeah. it's when you actually are able to train your brain to do it, the difference that you notice is so significant yeah. because you've had to work that extra bit harder to create those neural pathways. So yeah. then I always find the people who find it the hardest when they get it, they also really feel the benefits so much more. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then the other thing is, and, and this I love, if you can do this at the um, dinner table with your kids, you can do this when they are back at school, when they come from school, it's three great things that happen today. And just look for, and, and so for me, as I, I lie in bed at night, I say to myself, what were the three great things that happened today? Sometimes, you know, I can go on all thinking loads because, because I can, I'm now able to find pleasure in such small things that I never noticed before, mm. things that would just go past because my life was, so external and now I live much more tuned in and I think that's what life force living is about it's about tuning into to yourself um, and putting those strategies in place so just does that give you some strategies I've gone all over the show haven't I so let me just recap and and then we can move on from here so we talked about this idea of life force living it's how you're treating your physical body so eating foods which we intuitively know have a good life force especially like this abundance of plants um which everyone is all about plants (laughs) right now in the diet it's about being able to move your body and meet it where it's at today, not what you could do last week, not what you're hoping to do next week or even yesterday. What does your body need today from a movement capacity? And then this flexibility with mindset to have some sort of practice which allows you to tune into your body. And you mentioned meditation for you is the game changer. Mm-hmm. And then seeking those positives in each day, the gratitude in each day. So that what, that's what we've covered so far. What else have you got to share with us? I think the two things, if I, if I think about, you know, what would I most, is the two things I think is sleep, which can be 
really challenging. And then the other thing we'll talk about in a minute is media and watching what you're taking in because we're like a sponge. And at the moment, <laughs> what we're sucking up is not always the best stuff. So, so I really try and encourage my um, clients to just have a little nighttime routine. And obviously there's all sorts of reasons for sleep issues, but I generally find that a lot of them, not all of them, some of them do need intervention. You know, like for me with it on my journey, I definitely did have some testing um, and got some help with, with, with testing with some bioidentical hormones. But for most stuff, if you can get yourself into a routine where again, you value your sleep because quite often, like I was saying about myself years ago, you know, I didn't value my sleep. Sleep was something that was nice to have, but actually if I could stay up and get this report done or this email done, I would do that. And then I would wake up. And so I never felt really refreshed and my battery was running down, running down, running down all the time. So really speak now about with your kids, you give them a bedtime routine. You, you let them know that, you know, at whatever time, say at seven o'clock, it's maybe dinner, bath and bed, whatever it is for you in your home. But there's a routine that winds down. And we kind of forget about that as we get into adulthood. We go from TV, social media, night out, straight to bed. And, and even, you know, particularly at the moment, if you're working at home, you're not used to working at home, I'd really encourage you not to work in your bedrooms. Because there's this no, there's, there's, then there's no often, often on switch. So for me, with you know, it's just really simple. It's like I say to my ladies, like ideally, you want to try and get off your gadgets at nine o'clock at the latest. And if I'm honest, I would really want everybody off them from like seven, eight o'clock. But you yeah, know, before dinner. Yeah, there's got to be a bit of. So you know, absolutely, nine o'clock is the final cutoff. And the thing is, let's shut the world out because that's what we used to do. You know, you would come home from work, you, you might see a neighbour, you might see a friend, and then the world was gone, you know, unless someone phoned you on the phone. that was On the, the landline. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole family could hear what you were saying. Then you would shut them. But we don't do that. We constantly are scrolling on our phones and looking out. And, and it's just too much stimulation. So internet or uh, tech off at nine o'clock. And really, I'm talking about from then, it's just watching TV, a book, conversation, and that's it really, you know, no screens, no gadgets. And then by 10 o'clock, really thinking about, okay, time for bed. One's going to lead into the other now, but if you can, don't watch the news, which I never do, but I have recently started and I've stopped myself this week because it, it does absolutely affect your psyche. It affects, and it affects you hormonally. And, there's, you know, I can remember seeing things on the news and going to bed feeling really quite unsettled by them and upset and, and thing and this. So, and the other thing is I always say, you know, don't be checking emails at night. Don't be doing all of this stuff, but um, have this, have this nice routine to get you to bed. So nine o'clock lights so, uh, off gadgets, 10 o'clock up to bed and 1030 is really kind of like trying to get lights out. Now, if you are someone that's like a, a real sort of midnight past midnight, then just look at bringing that back half an hour each day until you can get yourself into that sink and then getting up at the same time. So you've got your body into a rhythm. So you're giving it the best possible chance. And then there's lots of other things that I'm sure you and you guys know about helping you sleep. But if you can have that kind of routine, again, it's, it's taking time back for yourself and honouring yourself and that you are important enough to have some time off <laughs> basically we do actually have a sleep episode that we did on the show so obviously anyone is um well welcome to go and listen to that for you know for like a full episode on all the things that can help but I think what you said about the routine it's it's just so obvious that we miss it because yeah. as a child you did have a bedtime routine and I'm, I don't have kids but I'm sure those people who do have kids notice that their, their children respond well to routine yeah. we have to to a certain extent parent ourselves <laughs> and I had a client who said to me once I need to put myself down like a baby and I was like yes we all should be putting ourselves down like a baby every night to ensure that we get that sleep routine life's so busy and crazy we don't manage ourselves very well and it's quite a hard word isn't it manage but it is about 
what do I need to do? What do I need to put in place? What uh, routines and strategies do I need to put in place to, to, to mean that I can show up as the best possible version of myself? And that might not be, some days that might be absolute rock star. And other days that might be somebody who just wants to chill out and have a duvet day. Mm. And that's okay. But actually, if we can be sure that we're putting the right ingredients into the machine to get what we want to come out. So sleep has to be a priority, I think. And I think that it's about exactly that, prioritising sleep. If you're struggling to sleep, go and find it, you know, get some help to sleep. But ultimately, if you're struggling to sleep and you're not prioritising your sleep, then that's the first place to start out. Make it important, you know, say this is actually... I'm going to, I'm going to give some time and, and love to sleep basically. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I will just mention, because I think it's really important in these times when you're trying to, to be more positive is being really aware of our media um, use and what we're letting in, because we are like a sponge and, you know, ultimately there's, there's things that, you know, that even the language that's being used at the moment in the media you know, isolation, lockdown, crisis, crisis. If someone says crisis, one more time, I'm going to have a crisis. (laughs) Surge, invisible enemy. You know, this is like really like, and in some ways I quite like it because I know they've got to rally the country and it's like, yeah, and and again, it brings us together, but at the same time, it can also scare the crap out of us. Mm. And you, you, I think that I know a lot of my clients, we've been really working this last sort of week and a half on just let's just move away from this constant being plugged into it. Yeah. You know, have some, have some, set some boundaries around it as to how and when you're going to use it. Yeah. Just on the note of that language as well is that um, language influences our nervous system. And so we are just being programmed, you know, with all the, the framing that's coming through, whether that's on social media or through the news or whatever it is, I've personally chosen to call this my Corona adventure. So, (laughs) yeah. So, And and I think like that, you know, know, as well, particularly in this time, it is accepting how you're showing up, not beating yourself up for it. And exactly like you say, it's an adventure. So let's just see. I'm an annoying optimist. I've been told (laughs) I'm really quite annoying with my optimism. But, you know, for me, it's like, where are the opportunities in this? We're living through a very exciting time in history. If we can sit with it and be true to ourselves, you know, for many of us, this could turn out to be something like many, many, many challenges we go through. This could actually be something that we look back on and go, wow. But I think the, the the important thing is is to not look back on it and think, how did I spend it? Did I spend it scrolling through my phone? Mm. Did I spend it, you know, disconnecting? It's not about the it's not about the decisions you make when you're connected, but get connected. Don't disconnect from yourself by getting sucked into into media and and social media and stuff like that. Totally. Is there anything else you wanted to share on life force living and staying positive in challenging times? I, I just think what I've been saying to the ladies in my, um, in my life force family is that just be aware and asking yourself, you know, am I acting or am I reacting because of the language that's being used because of the situations we've been putting in, you know, because go back a few weeks, there was no toilet paper on the, on the shelves and you know that what I think was a, a reaction of people being stuck in that panic and that primal kind of part of the brain of that fight flight or freeze it was just like oh my goodness and so for us it's just like okay that's going on around you are you acting or are you reacting a friend of mine has said to me you know it's not the events that happen in your life. It's not the challenges that happen in your life that shape who you are and make who you are and make those stories. It's how you react to them. And you may not feel like you have a choice, but we do have a choice. It might not always be the comfortable choice, but mm. we, we do have a choice. And I think that just understand that, you know, this isn't happening. Well, it's happening to all of us. But it could be happening for us as well. And uh, just looking really at, asking yourself am I acting or am I reacting am I being pulled along by the tide Mm. or standing up and being my true self and thinking what I really want because 
life force living is all about like I, like I said it's about stepping out it's about getting out of your own way and and living the life that you want to live and the components of that are are you eating well are you respecting your body and moving it as it can be moved today are you you know regularly checking in and tuning into your body with with meditation with gratitude you know are you prioritizing your sleep are you um shutting out negative language influences wherever they might be coming from and giving yourself the best possible opportunity of doing that yeah i love that that's such a i love the little package and i love the concepts of life force living and um, i hope that everybody has been who has been listening to this episode loves it too is there anything else you wanted to share about life force living or maybe how people can get in touch with you how you work any offers you have available right now Okay, so um, you can find me at kimraincoaching.com. At this moment, I am only working, I've got some one-to-one spaces, so I work one-to-one, and I, but you can also join me in my Life Force family. And the Life Force family is um, a group that, it's a Facebook group, and it really is, again, about all the things that I spoke about today, but it's really as well about community, and it's a place to check in, and it's a, it's a really affordable option to just connect um, and we do a lot of work in there and then in, in a couple of months I'll have some of my group programs back on back on track after I, I've t- I took some time out myself uh, at the beginning of this year so um, yeah I'm just getting back on track so Slim From Within which is like my um, principal product will be launching I think the first of June that launches so Amazing. I think the best way if you want to get in touch is kimraincoaching.com or look me up on Facebook. Yeah, and we'll have all those details in the show notes. So if you have been listening to Kim and going, oh my God, I need to have more of this woman in my life, and then just um, find the show notes with this episode and you'll have all the details to get in touch. So Kim, thank you so much for being here today. I've loved chatting with you. We, we chatted for about half an hour before we started recording the episode and eventually we just had to stop ourselves and, and actually press record. Um, but it's been amazing. So thank you so much for being here thank and sharing you. everything. Thank you. And I love the podcast. I really love the podcast. I've been listening to it and it's great, great stuff. Oh, amazing. We always love some good feedback. So yeah. thank you everybody for being here today, for listening, for joining in and we'll see you all next time have a good week thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes don't forget to share with friends and family this will help other women find inspiration to live life bright we'd love to connect with you on social media Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week.